Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. As always, I appreciate that you've joined me for yet another episode of the podcast. Thanks for sticking around. Today's show, I've got a fantastic guest lined up. It's Jason Gleaves. Now, Jason is a ufologist, a researcher and an international author. He's the author of UFO Photo and the Ufology Umbrella. Now, he has his experience serving as an ex-Royal Air Force and British Aerospace Airbus Division. He has high expertise in modern civilian and military worldwide aircraft armaments recognition and visualisation. He's also contributed over the last 10 years on numerous UFO pages and media and has carried out photographic image video footage analysis on unidentified flying objects and associated anomalies. Now Jason does specialise in um, kind of taking photos and, and, and video evidence of UFOs and you know proving if they're real, proving if they're fake, trying to debunk them a little bit. That's where that's where Jason's specialty lies, um, and it, um, he's a really interesting character. Um, obviously, a lot um, of experience in the field, and I'm going to be asking him some questions around some of the footage that he's seen, um, some of the experiences that that he's had, and what he actually thinks UFOs are, um, because we we have um, spoken briefly before. We both guested on um, on the same podcast show. And um, it seemed as the as the show progressed that we both had very similar theories on what paranormal uh, interactions are and what paranormal experiences are and where they stem from. So uh, be interesting to get a little bit more of his take on that. Um, as I say, I, I feel like we're, we're both on the same page. So that could be interesting. Um, before we get to the actual interview, though, um, some really good news. Um, we I have recently published. Um, the second book, the long-awaited second book. So Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator can now be purchased from Amazon in hardback or, well, paperback or ebook. You can get the ebook on your Kindle. And if anybody would like a signed copy, as I know some of you did with the previous book, you've just got to email me at paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com or at my own email, which is kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com. I'll be happy to send you a signed copy of that. Um, but yeah, the books, it's doing well. I've done a couple of shows to promote it. Um, recently was on Paranormal Dimensions with David Young. I've recorded a show with um, Soraya on Where Did the Road Go? A fantastic podcast. If, if none of you ever listened to Where Did the Road Go? I recommend you go and listen to that. Um, really good stuff, as well as Paranormal Dimensions with David Young. Um, that's actually one of my go-to podcasts when I'm in the mood for listening to something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm just starting to kind of promote it now. It, it's been published a few weeks. So yeah, head over to Amazon and you can get yourself a copy of the book, uh, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator. And one of the main features of that book, um, I talk about the experiences that we encountered at that house in Essex. You might remember we had um, Kelly on, the lady who was suffering in that house with the haunting with her family. And um, it's calmed, calmed down a little bit now, having spoken to her recently. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're looking at making a documentary. Um, I've teamed up with a guy who I know is an avid documentary maker um, who's, who's keen on the project. And we're looking at just making like a one-hour documentary on the whole experience on, on the family and how, how you know their experiences and how they've dealt with it and how it all started really because that's that's the main message you know um how it started and hopefully to show other people not to not to go down that same path so it's a bit of exciting news really for, for, for me to to you know finish the book and my next project now is going to be focusing on this documentary and no idea how it's going to get out there you know obviously put it on things like youtube and stuff and Maybe we can get it on Amazon Prime or something, but um, I've not really thought that far ahead yet. Uh, we're just at the scoping phase at the moment. We're, we're we're kind of sitting down and storyboarding it. We're getting all the evidence together. Um, we're heading back down to the house soon so we can get some shots of the house and, and interview the family. So it, it should be good, and I, I'm looking forward to getting it out there eventually. don't know how long it's going to take. I'm not really going to put too much pressure on myself for that. Um, but yeah, it should be good. So uh, yeah, Jason um, is coming on to the show to talk about UFOs, to talk about his books, to talk about his experience with analysing um, evidence. Now evidence is a big thing um, that I speak of in my new book and it's the future of paranormal evidence and can we really rely on it? And, and, and I'm not sure that we can with 
you know, CGI, Photoshop and computer program um, software that kind of gets developed and allows people to forge um, fakeries and, and, you know, trick people into thinking they're seeing real evidence when in fact it, it's a fake. Um, so I'll be interested in getting Jason's take on that. So uh, as I say, thank you for tuning in and um, enjoy the show. And it's my pleasure to welcome Jason to the show. Hi, Jason. Hi, Kira. Thanks for the invite. So it's my pleasure to um, be on your show. It, it's my pleasure to have you on, mate. Um, I, we met about I don't know a month ago or so. We both guested on a on a on a podcast, so we met virtually. And I was um, I was struck by how much we we had in common in terms of our our outlook on the paranormal and and our belief in what the paranormal is. And I, I was dead keen from that moment to get you onto this show and 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 kind of dig a little bit deeper into into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Where I look at the paranormal in terms of ghosts, you tend to focus on on the UFOs. So do you want to give us a, a brief background on how you got into all of that and, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, um, well, uh, uh, people have ever heard any other podcasts or radio interviews I've done. Um, it started really when I was young, um, uh, young child, about seven years old. And I had a sighting of a UFO with my sister in Liverpool and near Aintree Race Course. Um, and this was going way back in, in the 70s. And um, basically, we were playing upstairs in a relative's house. And we both saw a, a silver disc-shaped object hovering outside the window. And then it took off a high velocity. And then we carried on playing like nothing had happened um, and, and basically, I'd, I'd forgotten about the whole incident. It was only when I actually got back into this side of it, the UFO side, later on that um, my sister reminded me of what had happened and things slowly started coming back. So it's obviously some sort of missing time, missing memory, that type of thing. Um, and then I've, I've basically, I was watching everything and anything to do with UFOs, you know, from roundabout then it was going to the library and getting the books and like everybody else you start with um chariot of the gods and you know eric van daniken and those type of books and you slowly want more and more and and the tv shows were a bit more scarce then but you know they were good shows from um, arthur c clark who had um, mysterious world and then he had the magazines and the unexplained magazine so you know i sort of went down that road with more of a, a thirst for the knowledge of what was actually happening and, you know, that way. And then, obviously, things have happened over the years, incidents. And, and I, when I was in the Air Force in um, then 80s into the 90s, um, there was an experience at RAF Cosford where a huge triangular-shaped craft came down over the base Um Again, it's all detail. It's all on online. Anyone can look this stuff up. And I wrote about it in my first book, UFO Photo. Um, but this this craft, this um, triangular-shaped craft, um, came down over the base in March 1993. And it was huge. It was described because it was witnessed by a lot of people at the time. It was witnessed by on-duty guards and RAF police and you know other personnel um and it was described to be the size of a battleship it was huge um and then it took off from there and went to another RAF base um and I, I I'm saying that it was the same craft but you know I can't I'm it's really assuming but i'm assuming at the, the time difference and you know it was after just after the costford one shawbury rf shawbury where it went to um or craft of similar description went to and the on duty air traffic controller saw the craft coming in and got the the visual and the locks on it and um and saw that it was firing laser beams down towards the ground um so yeah basically throughout i've sort of not dipped my toe into the ufology side of it um it's sort of, everything sort of grown everything sort of led on from one thing to another and yeah and then i started up the 
Facebook page, really, because I started to analyze photographs of UFOs. Um, and again, I mean, when I analyze them, I use um, Photoshop, but it's not for the reasons people probably think. It's to use the filters. It's not to actually change any of the photographs um, with anything else. It's to use the filters on there to um, enhance the, the images. Um, and you can do that basically with any type of in- images. It doesn't have to be UFOs. You know, you can do it with anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I've done a lot of it with, with like kind of spirit photos and stuff. And yeah. It's interesting what yeah. you get when you do that. It is, it is, um, and I advise anyone to go out there and do it. There's no, it's not secret to it. You know, it's not, um, it's not like a trade secret or something. It's something I've sort of stumbled along and found that I could find out more information on photographs. Um, along the way, I've just basically gone into all the old cases of UFO sightings and ET experiences people have had. Um, and I've actually debunked some of them along the way. Um, and these are cases that I've been brought up on. You know, these are cases I've read about and thought, wow, you know, in awe of these cases right the way through. Um, uh, a good one that I recently, um, well, sort of debunked. I don't really like using that word, but I actually, you know, um, was the sighting of the Solway Firth. Spaceman. Ah, can we, can we talk about that? Because I, I, I've yeah. never really kind of come across that being, I mean, I don't like the word debunked, um, no. but I, I struggle to find another word. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I was always fascinated by that photo. I was fascinated by the, the, the kind of the innocence of the child, kind of, you know, just sat in the foreground with oh, um, yeah. Yeah. just, just completely oblivious to what could potentially be going on behind the person taking the photo claim that there was nothing going on behind. Now, if I'm right, I don't know if you'd know about this, but didn't the person who took the photo claim to have a visit by supposedly men in black? Yes. Shortly okay. after. So if you, if I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the debunking of the photo, but mm-hmm. has that, has that led you to believe that that, that story was a kind of a, was made up as well i don't think it was made i think it was a set of circumstances that led to things being elaborated and you know snowballing into a bigger picture than actually i think the photo was taken in all innocence of yeah. the young girl it was the father uh jim um who took the photograph and um there's all kinds of stories saying he was a bit of a joker. He was a bit, you know, of this and that. I'm not really into that side of it. Um, the image was taken and, you know, like I said, I, I've been brought up on these photographs. So, yeah. um, when you actually look at it, it looks just like a spaceman standing behind just above a head. It's a very famous photograph. I'm sure everybody's seen it, you know, who's followed UFOlogy. And I just went into the bigger picture, the bigger, you know, the Sherlock Holmes deep <laughs> delving down, you know, because that's what you do. That's what you you have to do in, yeah. in all these cases. It, just like yourself in the paranormal, there's no difference. You've got to do the homework on the background, the people, you know, things that can cause anomalies, you know. And when you've eliminated all these things, then you can start look out of this world type of things and you know the paranormal side um but like again this photograph anyway th- there are other images but they're not as easily accessible um ah, see, i didn't makes, know that I, I thought yeah you only ever see that one photo don't you you never see like kind of other photos that were taken around that time it's just that no. one famous photo that's the famous photo anyway he was there with the young girl was there with their mum and dad on on the uh, on the moors or wh- where it was taken, and on the other photographs, the actual well, go back to the actual photograph itself. When I analysed it and went through the process that I always go through um, on the Photoshop and brought the filters in and everything, it just looked like the back of a woman. When you change the colours, it just looked like the back of. Uh, a lady, a woman, wearing a short dress with the, the arms. Anyway, it, 
that was the start anyway. So then I started looking at the other photographs going into that side. Um, and when I put them together and you could see that the mother was wearing the same color dress and it was a short sleeve dress to the arms and it, everything seemed to fit. Um, and when you go back and it was basically, it was her mother stood there with her back and she was stood on the brow of the hill. Then. If you go back, like I said before, where the, the, I'm sure it's the photo was taken and things sort of snowballed into the bigger picture of what it was. And then it went around the world on the news and all down that side. Um, the camera, I mean, I even went down to the camera he used, the, the actual, um, the 35mm camera that was used by uh, a father at the time. And it didn't have a viewfinder on this camera. So you basically held it up to your face, roughly on your eye line. And that was the photograph you got. So right. when he when he took the photograph, he probably had the photograph lower down. So he didn't see that she, the mother was standing behind. Yeah. Oh, no, the camera, the camera was higher, sorry, not lower, higher. So as he's taking it higher up, He's lower than the camera, so he can't see that the, the mother's standing behind and he can't see an abuse finder what the photo is. So that's how that sort of come around. Um, Do you think, though, that that because um, obviously there's there's always two avenues to, to I mean, you know, I've, I've done the same. I've kind of debunked some photos and photos I've captured myself and photos that people have sent me. And it, there's always that initial disappointment you know because it's like we're both believers in the paranormal mm. and when you when you debunk it there's always that initial disappointment that oh that's a shame you know because yeah i, I want it to yeah. be real but we can't we can't allow our wants and needs to um to cloud the the factual evidence you know if something is 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 false it's false we can't deny that but yeah. th there's there's always it's done by accident is one avenue and the other avenue mm -hmm. is it's been done not maliciously but it's been done with intent in order to yeah. to, to trick the public and to trick the believers what do yeah. you think is the case with this particular photo i think the latter i think it was taken as a photograph it it, it wasn't seen by him taking the photograph of his daughter and the, his wife stood behind. Um, the photograph has been um, obviously developed. I mean, it's not like nowadays where everything is digital and everything's instant. You know, then it went to photo labs or you actually went in a dark room and, and produced the, the photos yourself. Yeah, And it's come out and I, I think it's gone to a newspaper maybe or someone's got a gist of the story and then it it it, it exploded really that story and it went around the world and i think that is when it's too late to without without getting egg on your face it's yes. too late to go backwards so um i yeah. think that one was one that just got out of hand um and i think a lot of them are like that people are, are very easy to to go along with things if if it if it's convenient for them they, they will go along with it um if, if it, I, people contact me with aircraft in photographs and straight away i can say that's an aircraft or yeah. whatever just because i know the the characteristics to look for and everything related it's not me just saying it's an aircraft. It's you know I, I know that it's an aircraft. So I will say and then but this is after again when I've done the homework. I've I've gone through the story, I've gone through the person, the location, are there any airports nearby, any military bases, any private airfields? You know, the same sort of story, and then you start weeding out things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean the do, do you um I want to. I want to in a minute move on to like maybe a more positive side. So maybe a photo, uh, maybe a famous one that you, you've you've studied that you couldn't debunk. Yeah. You know that 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 you've looked at it time and time again, and you can't for the life of you give any other explanation apart from it being um, a UFO. But before we get to that point, do do you ever have someone 
react angrily to your kind of you know your decision if you say no look this is this i can prove that it's this it's not what you think it is do you ever get people um they're going to be disappointed as i say but do you ever get people react um and get all defensive about it and try and prove you, you wrong yeah you do get the odd person more it's more people are deflated slightly because they think it is what it mm-hmm. is and then but then i do state to the to anybody you know i'm not an expert that i always say this there are no experts in ufology i don't care what anybody says yeah you know we're, we're all we're all expert in certain disciplines you know as in being in the air force or aircraft identification or photography you know do you know what i mean on that yeah, side yeah, i get that yeah but we're all we've all been thrown into this you know there's not a, there's, there are actually courses you can go on now for ufology um because i actually wrote part of it for steve Merrer for his um the, the photograph at an analyzing section yes. of his course yeah. but i didn't go on a course uh, you know and i'm sure the likes of malcolm robinson you know and, and philip mantle and people like that didn't go on courses no you know, I, I have to i have to kind of i have to share my dislike for something like that really um mm. it, and, and it's only because what it does is it gives people a false a, a false identity but like a false kind of credential and, and yeah. they can then they can then walk around saying well i've done this and i know exactly what i'm talking yeah. about and i know what everything is and when that begins to happen you know as you say nobody has the answer you know the no. definitive answer we're all kind of fumbling around in the dark trying to find out what this is and and working together so i i appreciate how that can help people but i i, I can see it kind of spawn in the these kind of people that <laughs> that are going to be experts on everything but not really well, on it on anything you see it, don't you? People making money out of it. I mean, big money out of it, you know, where they're doing shows and yeah. things like that. And um, I always go back to what I say to everybody. I don't charge anybody to analyze their photographs. You know, they, it's my time to do the photographs, but I'm doing it because I want to do it. I, I'm doing it because I feel I need to do it, you know. And and also, you know, I'm also honored uh, I, you know, I'm privileged to get some of these photographs and people are sending to me to analyze. Again, it's it's my opinion at the end of the day. It's only an opinion um, whether I think it's what it is or not, you know, and whether they take that on board, that's entirely up to them, you know. Um, but I've, I've never charged anybody to analyze the photographs and I never will. No, and, that, and that's... Yeah, everybody should be given the chance to, you know, depending on privilege and wealth and money, if you've got it, if you haven't got it, if you want to photograph, analyze, and you should be on the same playing field as somebody who can afford it. So, no, no, I, I'd have to agree, and 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 I I, I, lo- I love the fact that you do that. You do that. I mean, I I know people that. That, that do charge to you know to kind of investigate houses again you're talking about the spirits here um yeah if I, I, again i've been lucky enough to to be called out to some some locations where I've, I've managed to capture some really good evidence and had some really good experiences and it was all down mm. to the people asking me to go and i would never charge them for it um no. and 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 i know people that do and i personally i think i think it's really uh, it's disgusting to be honest um particularly when you see some of the people that the what they're going through you know emotionally and how they're that it's really playing on a, a, a negative part in their lives and i imagine it comes the same with ufo experiences um yeah but I, I just want to get to the to has there been a, a a piece of evidence that you just cannot debunk you know it just no matter what you try to do it, it it's it is a ufo have you ever come across that yeah i've come across plenty i mean i've I, the actual the archives of photographs i've got i'm talking hundreds of thousands some of the the, the images i've actually got and when they analyzed cases even if i debunk again that word but even if i debunk the the, the case i still keep yeah, the images that I've done because it's you know it's it's a log, isn't it? It's a legacy of what you've done. But then, if I have to pinpoint one really good sighting, um, is one 
piece of footage I was sent, and it was, I actually wrote about it first in my first book, UFO Photo, where I analysed it was a, an Argentinian pilot who sent me the footage he'd taken while he was flying his aircraft in 2014, I'm sure it was. Um, and, I mean, this, this footage, I think it's probably one of the best pieces of footage out there. Um, right. of a UFO um, and ba- I mean I've, I've actually had it on TV shows I've actually had it on paranormal caught on camera in, in the States and things like that wow. um, I think it was shown on Blaze last month over here yes I love, um, that. I love that channel <laughs> yeah I know um, but but the, basically this aircraft, the story is that the pilot he's, he's unnamed and he that's the way he wants to stay and, and I you know totally abide by what people want if they want you know not to have their name brought out or anything but he wanted to know and he'd seen ufos before it, it when he's been flying solo on his own um it was civilian aircraft in argentina and um he didn't have a, a obviously a, a camera or anything with him at the time when he'd seen stuff but he knew he would see ufos again so he took his mobile phone with him, and again in 2014, the the, the images are not 100% like today. You know, we got 4K cameras and really yeah, good yeah. high high definition. But um, at the time, he, he had his the best one he had anyway, and he said he saw these two UFOs coming in from his um, port side, his left hand side. Um, and he's filming forward. So th- this actual piece of footage is on my UFO only uh, YouTube channel. Um, I think it's had over three hundred thousand hits on it, or something. It's I'll like, be, ridiculous. Um, I'll put. I'll definitely put a link to that below the, the podcast. Yeah, I, I would advise anyone to watch it because it, I, I really do think it's one of the best pieces. But again, what happens? He's flying. You can see the propeller at the front through the front uh, canopy of the aircraft you can see the cloud very clear behind he's about 10,000 five ten thousand feet up very clear conditions are really good and he saw the two uh, ufos coming in from his left hand side and they buzzed right in front of his aircraft and they were going at some velocity you know to a fair rate yeah um and He's still filming forwards and he's watching these two aircraft fly to the right-hand side of the aircraft, the starboard, and they go round into a tight formation and then come back in a pair, in a, in a tight formation, and buzz his aircraft again right in front. And what one of what the leading UFO is an elongated cigar-shaped craft, quite large, and then it's followed by a smaller UFO. Um, and... For the life of me, I, I've analysed this footage. Um, I've spoken about it. I've wrote about it in the book, and I still think it's one of the best pieces out there. Um, I would advise anyone to go and just just have a look. It's not about getting views or likes. You know, the whole the whole reason of my uh, Facebook UF only uh, YouTube page is because I started to analyse uh, footage for people of ufos and things like that but i couldn't put them on facebook because they were too big yeah so i had to start that that was the reason i started up the youtube channel so it's not about likes it's not about how many views you see i'm not bothered about any of that i just want to get out the information to people you know so they yeah, can see it for yeah. themselves it, it's refreshing to, to, to hear that because you know i come across so many people particularly in the paranormal world but um who, who have evidence but they're just not willing to part with it they don't want to show it off they don't want to show yeah. anybody it's like it's theirs they're precious i don't know if it's i don't know if they're scared of people judging them or mocking them or proving it to be false or if they're scared of somebody else taking it and getting famous off it when it was them that that caught the evidence i don't know I their reasoning but that, 
that's probably it. Yeah, being, so that's, getting the fame. Yeah, that, that's but but at the same time, it's it's not going to get any fame if it's just sitting on your phone or on some hard drive collecting dust. You know, I, for me, the whole reason of of what I do anyway, and I know it, of what you do, of course, is to is to get it out there to get people's opinions. Um, yeah, because sometimes. You know, I've analysed stuff and, and had somebody else with a fresh set of eyes point something out that I'd missed, you know, because you can look exactly. at something for so long, you, you can't yeah. see the wood for the trees, and then someone says, well, have you looked at it like this? And then it puts a whole new perspective on it, and and you start to look at it in a, in a different light, which can only be a good thing. So I, I commend everything that you do, and, yeah. and, and and it's really refreshing to hear that, you know, someone is, is, is in it for the evidence, for the research, and... For the for the the good of the field, really, it, it's really nice to see that. Um, with with UFOs, it's a really tricky, um, probably really tricky question. This, but again, from the paranormal world, I have regular not arguments but debates with people on what a spirit is, you know. And at the moment, I'm really trying to to explore the the, the possibility that that a spirit didn't once belong to a dead person. It's actually just energy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the ongoing question around UFOs is, does every UFO that is spotted or captured or filmed, does it have little green men on board who are flying it, you know, um, yeah. or is it, is it kind of controlled, um, like a, like a drone? What, what are your thoughts on this? Could it be a bit of both? It's pretty much everything Cube said. Um, and more. Um, again, if you go back to when I was first looking at things, I would always look at craft and UFOs. And unless it was nuts and bolts yeah. in front of my face, it didn't really exist. I mean, we weren't even thinking of you know multidimensional craft, anything like that. And as you sort of relate it, I think if the spirit world and paranormal and that side of it is closely related to ufology yeah. um i mean look at malcolm robinson he does he's very close on the paranormal yeah. and the ufology side you know he's probably one of the only ones that really is that i know of that follows the two closely um and the the way i look at it you know everything's made up of coarse matter and fine matter you know coarse matter being something that's physical and you can feel it and touch it and then you've got the fine matter which is energy um and with the the paranormal side related with the ufology side the more and more people and the more and more cases that are out now for people to review and to research and read upon in books um you know, and especially my friend Peter Maxwell Slattery in Australia and James Gilliland at the Setti Ranch in 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 the States. Um, you know, you're getting a lot more of the multidimensional craft appearing yeah. and the beings, and it's it's a realm that we we didn't really touch upon before because, like I said, most people just like myself, unless it was nuts and bolts, it it, it wasn't there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and and that's something I've struggled because I mean I go to to the problem is you don't where well, I go and give presentations and, and and they always end up being at UFO groups because paranormal groups don't necessarily meet to talk they meet to investigate yeah um, but you get a yeah. lot of UFO groups um, that will will have a meeting you know and have guest speakers and stuff so that that's the kind of group I tend to go to and it always. I always push, as you've just, you know, so eloquently put, it, it's, for me, UFOs and, and the paranormal are one and the same. And mm. um, I, I would argue that, that UFOs or, or aliens are interdimensional, they're not interplanetary. Um, and trying to get that across to some of these people, they, they're they so fixated on the nuts and bolts that, yeah. that they just cannot, for the life of them, fathom that there might be you know and i explained that there's 99.95% of the light spectrum that we can't interact with and all that stuff and and they just can't get it kind of into their head that that's a possibility and yeah. and and I, I sometimes think is it is that going to stall the 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 research field is that going to prevent the 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 field of ufology from progressing to the next level of research if they're so fixated on the nuts and bolts and they're not willing to kind of open up to to more possibilities do you think that's possible that it it could kind of plateau a little bit and and not really progress yeah yeah i think it can get in the way it could be a bit of a stumbling block Um, yeah I, i really do think 
and I think it is happening. I think people are, well, I say this, you know, to a lot of people, you know, we all go to conferences, we mm-hmm. all go to talks, we like to hear new information, we like to, you know, share our experiences, we like to talk to people about their experiences. And I've seen over the last few years the different caliber of person that has been going to these conferences now. Uh, I mean, we joke about it in the early days, you know, people were in the tinfoil hats and yeah. to go for the ufology yeah. side. But, you know, in, in joke, in hindsight, it is that way, but it's not like that anymore. It's completely different. You've got more mainstream people that wouldn't even entertain these sort of subjects yeah. that are actually going to the conferences and, and, and people in droves are waking up to what's happening in the world they're actually you know waking up to uh, experiences people are having and experiences they're having themselves yeah i mean i i, I uh, slightly off topic but i i quite often go to watch people like you know david Icke and, and stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. it it always amazes me every time i go i've been uh, several times and i always just stop and look around and think you know are these the kind of people you would expect to, to see at something like this? And, yeah. you know, you, you have you have the kind of people that they look new age, you know, they look like how we would probably call a hippie or something like that. And then and then you have like the the 20 year old Adidas tracksuit wearing <laughs> kind of. And you think and you think has he got lost or. You know, you wouldn't yeah. expect to see someone like that here, and it, and and I think it's brilliant. You know, I, I've been to these conferences that you talk of. The the last one I was able to go to was Awakening in Manchester. And oh, I was a lot. Yeah, it's fa- it fantastic, yeah. and and it was great. Again, great to see so many people from all walks of life all coming together. You know, in the name of research, in the name of of getting the next bit of you know precious information and 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 i think that's i think that's really good and it it does show how far we have come i guess and it puts a bit of positivity on it and 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 a bit of hope really for the future um definitely i just want to talk about your your new book i don't know if it's if it's out yet but the the ufology umbrella um is that out yet or is that something you're working on no that's been out since last year Okay, brilliant. Um, and you you broke down in that book. Um, you, you talk about the close encounters, and and you broke that down into kind of subcategories, um, which, which fascinates me because you know I, I think a lot of people think are oh, an alien experiences or UFO experiences being abducted, but it's not, is it? There's so many different ways of experiencing that kind of activity. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you just want to give us a brief overview of, of those of those categories and what they entail? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, again, just in reference to the books, the the first book I wrote was really what what I do is analysing the photographs of people all around the world, and you know, I'm not debunking cases, but it does happen. Um, but then there's cases you can't debunk, you know, yeah, they, are, yeah. they actually are unidentified. Um, and I really wanted in that book. The whole reason, and I never thought in, for the life of me I was going to start writing books. It was only through Philip Mantle who approached, you know, he's become a really good friend now. Um, and he's the publisher. And he said, you know, why don't you write a book? You know, why don't you put down what you're actually doing on your Facebook page, you know, and the analyzing of photographs? So that was really how that came about. Um, and that book, I wanted to try and show people the breakdown of how I use Photoshop to enhance photographs and, and, you know, basically what, what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, the second book was really followed on from the first book. It was more to do with the actual close encounters. And like we've just said, um, but most people have heard of CE3 or CE5 because yeah. that sort of t- term is being banded around a lot now by um, Stephen Greer and, you know, you know, all people that are going out for uh, gatherings and sightings yeah. together. Um, but a lot of people didn't realise, and myself included, till I did the research and got in there, you know, uh, and, and really wanted to find out for myself. Um, that there are actually seven separate categories, close encounters, um, you know, it goes from one to seven. And 
if you go through a little bit of a history of it, you've got um, everyone's heard of Dr. J. Alan Hynek. Yeah. Um, and he was obviously worked for the U.S. government in the 50s. Um, and they he was brought in to debunk UFOs and he actually turned coat and believed in them in the end and went was on. Was that Project, Project Blue Book? That's Project Blue Book, yeah. And, and sort of the story with that, anyway, well, initially there was only uh, CE categories one and two. Um, I'll go into more detail what they are in a minute, but one and two were the first two, and then CE3 came out later on, and everyone can remember the um, Steven Spielberg movie, Close Encounter of the Third Kind. Yep. That that was what that was about. The, the, the movie was about CE3. Um, and Dr. Heineck actually had a cameo role in that movie as well. He was near the end, you know, where the, the craft came down yep. on the yep. top of Dev, Devil's Mountain or whatever it is. And... Really, that's where it sort of come from. But because in ufology, it's progressed so much, categories have been added all the time. Um, and this isn't really set in stone. You know, these these cases can be sort of interacting with each other. A lot of people you can find have had like C1, 2 and 3 all together or, you know, 4 and 5 together. They don't have to be just pigeonholed into one category. Yeah, yeah. But if you go in the categories, basically, CE1 is a sighting in which one or more UFOs, well, aerial phenomenon, uh, described generally as sources and that type of thing. Um, and they're not attributed to do, uh, to no military or modern-day tech, so like aircraft that we know of and things. So if you see a, a UFO, it's pretty one of the most common sightings, and that's what it is, CE1. Um, C2, you go in, it's where it's been witnessed or associated known phenomena. So it's probably like crop circles, that type of thing. Um, you've got terrain damage, landscape damage, um, scarred or mutilated animals. Again, you've heard of, you know, that that side of it. The cattle mutilation. Yeah. I was big interest of mine. That was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the electronic or mechanical interference to cars or where people said they've been abducted and their car is cut out or, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Um, you've got trance states, uh, body seizures, uh, some kind of uh, unnatural physical occurrence to the body. So that's C2. Uh, C3 is visual. So it's a UFO visual. And that's seen and um, and it, it really it's going it, it it crosses over really it's sort of a more in-depth thing where it, the object is associated with the ufo so if it's a sighting and somebody has seen the ufo and they're associating it with it so pretty much the film you know uh, yeah spielberg yeah. film then we go it starts to get a bit more um distasteful sort of thing you know so you've got uh c4 does we're talking the human abduction yeah. so again this is a, another category that has sort of come from the others where people have come forward with abduction cases you know when they've been taken so you know from extraterrestrial beings um you've got visitations in that as well um so and the person is not always taken on board the craft, so you know they can be taken while they're in, um, under the custody of an ET. Um, you know that type of thing. Out of body experience is another way to explain that. I, I, I did. I just wanted to put in there. I, I don't know if it was yourself. I heard say this actually when we were on that show, but people have actually reported not being taken on board the craft, but the craft actually comes to them, so their room yeah. almost becomes the craft. So they never actually leave yeah. their bed. Well, that's, that's fascinating. Peter in Australia has said that quite often. Um, I advise anyone to go and look at his material because it's high class him is probably in the top, um, you know, percentage of in the world of um, abductees and, you know, uh, with his material and he photographs. 
Um, but he has said that sort of thing. He said the, where the craft will come down. And again, we're talking multidimensional craft. So it will come down and sort of enclose the whole room. And then that becomes he's on board the craft. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, so, and then you going on from there, you've got C5. So, um, y- you know, you've got... Uh, contact with an ET entity again through some sort of audible form of communication. So, you know, you're either talking to an ET or you're using some type of uh, uh, telepathy, that type of thing. And again, like I said before, these things, these actual categories overlap. You know, you can have so many different types within um, C6. So that's um, the UFO or its inhabitants. Um, they directly cause injury or death to a person or, you know, so really the only one I can really put to that is where there has been um, recovered uh, crashed UFOs um, and the people, the military have said that they found body parts on board, things yeah, like that, you know. Yeah. So and Would that be um, the, like the, 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 obviously the famous Travis Walton experience, you know, where he was, yeah, he was kind of yeah. he was injured, and, and yeah. he actually believes now that they took him on board to to to, to help to revive him. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I think that too as well with Travis's case. Um, and then the probably C seven is probably the most controversial, but again, this has come from the latter what people have come out with, and that's um, in which a human or extraterrestrial mates sexual intercourse or artificial insemination and that's to produce uh, a hybrid type being and yeah. again this is you know a lot more people are speaking about this now um again if you go to any ufo conference and you know people who have had abductions or interactions with craft and beings that they, they talk about this thing being brought up with them so that that's that's a basic um description of one to seven and then with the book i wanted to go into more depth and then put cases to each one so i would just go through and uh, there's, there's cases from all around the world and there's one there from president carter when the ufo followed his helicopter and there's photographs in there you know and then they got they're all categorized onto one, one to seven so it was like i said it was a follow-on from the first book yeah, it's um, I mean, it's, as it's, I said to you kind of off edge before we started that it, this is what fascinated me about that book because it's it's exactly what I've just done with 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 my latest book, you know, broken paranormal experiences down into categories and and kind mm. of gone into a bit more in depth with each one and given some examples for each one and and like you've just said, you do find that they cross over, you know. So for, for me, it was difficult to kind of have a, a what I what I classed as a physical experience, which is where you know you might have something thrown at you. Um, yeah. That would also obviously cross over into uh, what I would call an interference category where a spirit can interfere with things within our world. So it can open cupboards and move stuff. So, of course, it's interfering with something because it's thrown it at you, but then it becomes physical because, you know, it, it's directed at you. Yeah. So um, it, it is quite difficult to kind of to, to unblur the lines. Um, so so I, I appreciate that. Um I think it, what's in, it's it's really good that you've kind of just laid that out because I I I've been on what what they call CE five um, outings, you know, where we kind of camp in in the field yeah. and we all look up at the yeah. sky and stuff. I even myself who who I think is quite versed in, in, in ufology, I wasn't aware that there were seven categories and I wasn't aware of of what they of what they entailed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's really good. I'll, I'll be sure to, to, to look at that book, actually, because I, I think that'll be a fantastic read. And I'll obviously put a link un- underneath the uh, the podcast for the listeners to to go and check that out as well. Um, so they're your books. And, and I know that you're currently you're you're pretty hectic, flat out working on a, on a soon to be released documentary. Um, do you want to tell yeah. us a bit about that? Yeah, that's it. it's a documentary. It's been produced by uh, Peter Slattery in Australia, and again, um, the must, I'm in it myself, obviously. Um, where I've analysed his images for him, where we've got ETs and um, we've got video footage of ETs, and obviously all the the craft that he's been taking photographs of. 
and um and then there's james gilliland from the seti ranch near mount adams he's in it too and mary rodwell um you know just basically just talking about the whole thing going over and it it's called multi-dimensional it'll be out soon i think it's going to be on um netflix and amazon prime and all itunes things like that great um um yeah i'm quite looking forward I, i've seen it already and it's been put together really well um i think it's the first one of a few that we're going to be doing um and you know I, I say to anybody you know watch it you know see what's in there for the content of what what peter's offering to people if you go on his web pages i think it's um eseti.org and that's linked to James as well. Um, and a lot of people go to these uh, places to, um, to to have their own experiences and yeah. to photograph orbs and lights and beings. And then some of the actual images are just totally amazing. Okay. Yeah, again, I'll be sure to add all these links un- un- underneath the podcast so the listeners can can head over and check that out. Um, what Just kind of rounding it off, really, we, we've briefly touched on the future of evidence, and you're heavily involved in that because of the analysis that you do on, on footage, on videos and photos. Um, from like the, the past and how it's been going lately and the type of videos you're getting, I always find it interesting that how how many are so blurred <laughs> and and, yeah. and and you know it's that kind of age-old kind of joke really that that why are all photos of a ufo or a bigfoot or anything like that why are they always so blurry yeah um do, do you have an answer for that only circumstances so again if you're you're not necessarily going outside to take a photograph of a UFO. You're out there taking a photograph of a scenery or Mm -hmm. a family member or an object, or you're not there to, unless you're going on a sky watch, you're not there to, to pick up these things. Are you? Um, And again, the amount of times that people send me photographs where they say, when I took the photograph of this, you know, the mountain scene, the beach or wherever they are, there was nothing in, 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 in the sky um, when I took the photograph. But then when I went back later and looked at the, the photographs I've taken that day or, you know, that week or whatever, the UFOs in, in the picture. And they said, when I took the photograph, it was not there. And I believe that because, again, you know, we're talking about frequencies, yeah, you know, I, I do believe, yeah, they, you know, we talked, we spoke earlier about the electromagnetic spectrum. So again, the human eye can only see things on a very, very small corridor within that electromagnetic spectrum. So outside of that, you've got radio waves and microwaves and infrared, ultraviolet, you know, all, all those sorts of things. But then the human eye can see. And, um, I believe that the UFO was always there, but it was on a different frequency. So the human eye couldn't pick it up, but the camera did. So, you know, you, I, I get that a lot where people say, and I, and I believe what they're saying. I don't, you know, I'd never call anybody a liar or anything like that. I yeah. believe what they're saying that you know, it's genuine. There was nothing there, but you know, there actually was there. It's just, you couldn't see it. So, yeah, and again with the the cameras and the cameras have improved now. You know, we, you've got like the camera I've got, there's a 4K camera installed on it, the new iPhone. You know, it's like amazing. I, yeah. I don't think I'd buy another camera because they're so good. Um, and these are in everyone's pocket, you know, easily accessible. So, yeah, if go back to the old blurry photographs and and somebody's seen something and then they panic when they try and get footage yeah so the camera's not focusing there's multiple reasons that you can get a good photograph or you get a bad photograph or you just lucky or unlucky that you didn't get that shot yeah and and i guess the the there's there's kind of pros and cons to the development of technology isn't there because you know we, we as you say we're getting these kind of everyone has these fantastic cameras now just built into their phones you know it's just yeah. kind of par for the course it just comes as part of the technology um but as stuff like that develops and our 
the potential um, of capturing and it, as you say things that are existing outside of our frequency range so as technology develops and we can use infrared you know thermal imaging cameras and stuff like that to to maybe see things that our eyes can't see yeah um, unfortunately on, on the other side so does um computer programming and programs that enable um hoaxes yeah. and forgeries to be made um and i guess one has to keep in front of the other you know one step ahead of the other and, and whoever does that will ultimately win, you know, because if, if you have enough software to be able to debunk the, the forgeries that are being made on this modern software, then, then you will come out on top. But if the software stays one step ahead of, you know, the, the technology used to capture stuff, then we will always yeah. have that that false evidence kind of, you yeah. know, infiltrating the world of, of ufology and paranormal. It's never going to be black and white. It's never going to be, you know, literally, you know, it is or it isn't. There's always going to be a question mark. Yeah. Um, all, all you can do as an investigator or somebody who's looking, researching into these type of things is to do your best, be diligent, and then looking into what you're actually, you know, the case, look at the background, look at the person, look at the location, the weather phenomenon. And once you've eliminated all these things, then you can approach what you've got is factual. It's actually, you know, it's not this, you know, it's not that. Um, and that's really the only way you can approach it. And then at the end of the day, these things still come down to they're unidentified. That still doesn't mean that it's a UFO. You know, that, that, you know, that's just think of what UFO means. It's unidentified yeah. flying objects. So, you know, people, when you say UFO, they just assume it's something out of this world. It's extraterrestrial. It's not. It's, it's an object that's unidentified and it's flying. It's, and you don't know what it is. It could be a secret covert aircraft that's being used by the military or a secret program. Uh, and you just don't know what it is. Um, so at the end of the day, that object is in the sky. It's real, you know, some bolts, if you want to call it that. It's just you don't know what the actual origin of that object is. No, and, and I think that's a, a really good kind of place to end it there, you know, kind of bit of advice there for the people that are going to go out and start researching, you know, just always try and eliminate what it possibly could be before you start to focus on you know, the fact that it is a UFO. Yeah. Um, I, I think really all that's left to do is for you to, to tell the listeners where they can reach you. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of the people that listen to this show that they're going to have footage or photos that, that they would happily send you for, for analysis. So how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. If anybody wants anything, you know, obviously I've got a backlog of people contacting yeah. me, but I, I do, I do get through them. You know, it does take me a bit of time because I don't like to rush certain things. I don't yeah, like to just fob people off. It's not the point of it, you know. But if they want, they can send it to the via messenger on UF only, or they can get it on the um, email address, Jason UF only at outlook.com. Um, and again, there, there's the books. But if you go on to YouTube as well, the YouTube UF only YouTube channel. I've made documentaries on there. Um, they're all free to everyone. Anyone can watch them. You know, I don't charge anyone. But they're, it's up to yourself. And again, anything that I've researched or put out there, I still say to everybody, get out there and do your own research yourself because don't take my word for what is out there. You know, you once you research it yourself, you know, then that's your truth and what you do with it is up to you. Brilliant. Um, thank you very much, uh, Jason, for coming on. It's been a, a brilliant show. Um, I've actually learned a bit with a, with a CE category, so it's been really, really interesting. I really appreciate you coming on. No, thanks, Kieran. Like I said, it's a pleasure and um, we'll have to do it again. Definitely. I mean, there's so much we, we could talk about. There'll, there'll, there'll be, there will be a part two for the, for the listeners that have enjoyed this. There'll definitely be a part two. Um, so, yeah, uh, take care, Jason. Thank you for coming on. Thanks again. So that was the interview there with Jason Gleaves. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. He, as I say, is a fascinating character, uh, an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to analysing evidence and and just the UFO category, you know, and the UFO field in itself. It, um, 
over a decade of experience in, in analysing it and deal with it and talking to experiencers and people that have, have witnessed um, craft and stuff like that. Um, really, really fantastic backstory. Um, so, so do make sure you check out his books. I'm certainly going to look into the um, the umbrella one, you know, with the, with the, with the categories. So that fascinates me. And it so, so closely links up um, in many ways to, 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 to my new book. Um, and again, it's interesting. He did start to talk about the, 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 the frequencies and how they're existing outside of our frequency range. And as I mentioned in the intro, that was what really drew me to Jason. The, the fact that we both had the, exactly the same theory, essentially. But he was looking at the UFO side and I was looking at the spirit side. Um, so I'd, I'd be keen to kind of maybe collab with him on something in the future. Um, because we essentially both believe it's the same thing, you know, that, 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 the UFOs and the paranormal and and anything in that kind of field, you know, they are all linked and, and they are existing on frequencies outside of our perceptive range. So a fascinating guy. Um, and I'll definitely get him back on for part two because so many things we could talk about. We could we could maybe break the categories down even further. Um, certain parts of those categories, like, like the hybrid um, theory in, in the CE7 and the cattle mutilation, stuff like that we could talk about maybe. Um, there's definitely enough um, to talk about for, for a part two, so I'll be sure to get him back on. But as always, I really do appreciate you tuning into this podcast and giving your time to this podcast. Um, I think it's brilliant that, you know, it's doing so well. And I'm really proud of, of how far this podcast has come. Um, and I've got some really good guests lined up. Um, we've got um, Kenny W. Irish is coming on for a future show. The Crypto Punkologist, who's coming on to talk about um, cryptozoological creatures. Um, his book, um, where he talks about the monsters of America. Um, really, again, another really interesting guy who's got um, loads of stories and loads of experiences to talk about when it comes to cryptid so so that'll be a really good show um but yeah um thank you for for tuning in and until next time take care